0: The Expanse Season 4 is beautiful, stunning. I mean, you can tell that Amazon gave them some money, and if they didn't, wow, they figured out how to use the budget that they had. It is a wonderful meditation on how the past intrudes on the present and can harm our future. It is a story about letting go and letting be, about the emptying of self and the problems that arise when we cannot do that. I've made no bones about it. I think this show is a masterpiece, and season four is no exception. So let's talk about it on today's Project Shadow. Can you hear me? I have something to say. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love, which is out pretty much everywhere right now. All right. So before we get into this, because there are a lot of things that I would really like to talk about. If you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot, and it tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this podcast in the first place. Thank you to everyone who's already done that. Alrighty, so the expanse season four. Um, don't worry, I will let you know before we get into spoilers. But wow. <laughs> this was amazing. It was really good. I, I was nervous. I was honestly nervous. Because anytime a show jumps networks, it generally gets retooled based on the edicts of that network. And I didn't know exactly what was going to happen when this show moved over to Amazon Prime, mainly because I was afraid that they would be like, now that you're on Prime, you can do whatever you want. Since you're basically Space Game of Thrones, why don't you have more nakedness and cussing because you can do that here. And I was really afraid that they were going to sex up the show in a way that would make it unrecognizable to anybody who's been a fan for any period of time at all. That is not what they did. And I'm so happy. It is a good season. I don't know. See, I'm biased when I look at this season There is a big part of me that kind of feels like it's maybe my favorite season of the show so far, but that's because I'm a big fan of Christian Avasarala, and I felt like in previous seasons they didn't give her a lot to do, and she has such an interesting storyline this season, and I really enjoyed getting to spend time with her and her husband and everything that happened there. I, I enjoyed a lot. The story with Bobby broke my heart on so many levels. And I just kept shouting at the TV, Bobby, Bobby, no, you're better than this, Bobby. But it was wonderful. And I liked how it worked out. Holden and everyone else. Yeah, this, this was a good season. And. It was a good season for several reasons. One, I think it continued the story well. And yes, I know these are based on books, and I am behind. I'm still working my way through Leviathan Wakes because I have been terrible at reading this year. I haven't read nearly as much as I want, and I intend to fix that next year. So I am way behind on the books, so I'm not going to be commenting on how this relates to the books at all. But oh my goodness. This, the things that they did with Holden were interesting. The things they did with Miller were fascinating. And I almost wish we get a few sequences throughout the season from Miller's point of view. And I almost wish we had gotten more. But, eh, it is what it is. When your complaint is, I wish we had more of something, that's actually, I think, a very good complaint in a lot of ways. But, yeah... I I don't know what they would have added. And see, that's the problem. Like, I wanted more, but I think we got just what we needed. So I don't know that there's much to add there. Even Amos had a very interesting storyline, as did some of the new characters that got included this season. I I love this show. I think that this, if you are a space opera fan, if you are a sci-fi fan, if you like this kind of story and you're not watching The Expanse, you are definitely missing out. This is the best type of show of its kind being made right now. And there is a good chance, like, I don't like ranking things, you know, my feeling about trying to put creative properties into a hierarchy. But there's a part of me that may actually like this series more than Firefly or even, oh, dare I say it, Star Trek. Don't no get me wrong, still love my Star Trek, and that's why I don't like doing rankings, but I love this show in ways that it's very, very hard for me to put into words. So I, I think that's really, unfortunately, all I can say without going into spoilers, because unless you you know, really want me to just gush about how much I love the show, because I could probably do an entire 22-minute episode of just, I love this, and why, and I love this, and why, and I love this, and why. But that's not, this, that's not this episode. But if you want that one, definitely let me know. Because I could totally do an episode about why I love The Expanse and everyone should be watching it. So we're going to go into the spoiler zone. If you have not seen The, the Expanse Season 4 and you do not want to know anything that happens this season, now is the time to check out because I will be talking about everything that happened this season. You have been warned. Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. Alrighty. I'm going to start with the Avasarala plot. And I'm starting there because I love Christian's character. I love her character. There's something about her that I just admire. And I often say that she's my spirit animal. Like she's who I want to be when I grow up in a certain way. And I think it's because of all of the characters in this very muddled world. She is a character that has principles that she's willing to stand for and fight for. But they're clear. Like Holden is a defender. Like there's a wonderful line in this season Have you ever met anyone you didn't want to save? And yeah, I I kind of feel that way about Holden. He's he's a very protector-type character, and I do wonder if he's ever met anybody that he didn't want to save. Christian wants Earth to succeed. That is her primary goal. That is her mission. She wants the planet she loves, the people that she represents to prosper and to survive. And she sees the threat that's out there. And normally a character like this in this type of media would be more of a villain. And I'm not saying that she is like morally good or an, a paragon of virtue. I'm not saying that about Avasarala at all. But she normally characters like her would be shown much more masculine much more, um, uh, evil because she has some very dark impulses that she doesn't really rein in and kind of allows to go out into the world. And while that's not really the part of her, I admire what I admire about Avasarala is that she is who she is and she doesn't really care about the consequences until she does. And that's what's fascinating about this season with her plot arc and why it resonated so strongly with me is the story they gave her this season is she's being challenged for the secretary generalship of the UN. And so she's running a campaign and this could have taken so many different paths. I almost kind of wish that it was a spin-off show like West Wing Expanse edition, but I, I just, I, I love that kind of story and I, <laughs> what can I say? But getting to see her struggle with the mask that she puts on and being who she is and kind of at least my feeling about her plot arc this season is her realizing that she has to be who she is, no matter what, but at the same time realizing for the, I think the first time really in her life, beyond the Eris incident, that she is powerless to control fate. She can have her plans, she can have her schemes, she can have her goals for the things that she wants to accomplish, but she doesn't necessarily have the power Or the ability to make things appear exactly the way she would want them to be. And seeing how she does this and the path that this takes her on to the point where by the time we get to the end of the season, her marriage is, uh, let's just say, in a troubled state. To be nice, (laughs) because... There's a difference between you should go by yourself and, you know, I want a divorce. But I I think that that's going to be further exacerbated by events next season. But, oh my goodness, I I really liked watching her struggle this season and how it paid off at the end. So let's talk about Holden and Murtry, because in, in so many ways... Mertree was the best villain that you could put up against Holden, because while Holden has faced a lot of uh, intransigent people in course of the series, and I don't mean this as any insult to Holden, I I love him as a character, but in so many ways I feel like he just has this superpower where he can bat his puppy dog eyes and somehow narrowly escape fate, and that wouldn't work this season. The people were not willing to listen to reason. And he may or may not have been the cause of the problem. And I, th- I think that's actually debatable. I I have a feeling that the Proto-Matter would have turned on whether or not Holden would have been there. Now the extent of it. ...without Miller in there flipping switches just to see what happens. You know, it may not have been as bad, it may not have been as catastrophic... ...but it, it some version of that would have happened. The infection would have happened and they would have had no way to clear it... ...because they wouldn't have had Holden there as the only person who didn't go blind. The I don't know if the earthquake, shockwave, and tsunami would have happened... But they definitely would have all gone blind. I, I I truly do believe that. And the, whether or not the... Uh, I don't know what to call them. The evil shirkins from outer space. <laughs> the, the death swarm that would come out of the ruins. Whether that would have come out without Holden or not. I don't know. But they definitely would have gone blind. So I don't think it's all Holden's fault. But to me, what made that entire storyline so powerful and matter so much is that it shows the place that we can get into when we're not willing to let go of history. And I don't mean that in a, like, we should be ignorant of the past, because I do think if you don't know your past, you're doomed to repeat it. And I don't think that we should be naive and just grant people a clean slate because, Oh, why don't we just do that because we're nice people? I don't mean that at all, but I forgot who said it. But you don't make peace with your friends. You make peace with your enemies. And if you're not willing to offer those olive branches and test whether or not trust can be developed between you and your foes in a time of truce, because we do have the armistice, the ring armistice in place, you'll never know if you have to exist in a permanent state of warfare that can only end in mutually assured destruction or genocide. That's the only way that path ends. If you don't sit down and at least give people the benefit of the doubt. And the wonderful way that they did this is that They kept anyone in the situation from having clean hands. The Belters murdered a bunch of inners as they arrived on the planet. Whether it was intentional or not, and that's a big bone that the show has, a big plot point of the show, is that she was trying to blow it up before the ship landed so that the ship wouldn't get blown up, but it ended up damaging the ship and killing a bunch of people. Anyway, so, you know, you but her hands aren't clean, and the Belters' hands aren't clean, but a small number of Belters took part in that attack. On the same time, at the same time, you have Murtry and his brainwashed band of sycophantic followers, and I'm that may sound harsh, but... They just accept everything that he says and they're willing to... For goodness sake, she's willing to shoot Amos because Murtry tells her to. I mean, that's blind following right there. She doesn't listen to Amos. She doesn't take any time to see if Holden and Amos might have a better idea or a better plan. She just follows Murtry and does terrible things. He summarily executes people and... While the show gives him something akin to the high ground there, in that we as the audience know that he at least killed the right people, (laughs) that doesn't make his actions right. There is no justice there. And his entire argument, which I'll probably do another episode on, that civilization comes later to the frontier, that civilization doesn't come with you, is a lie. It is a problem. Civilization is something that has to be built from the ground up if you're going to have it. If you don't want it to exist in a lawless state. If you don't want the universe to fall into chaos, especially with the gold rush to get to all of these new planets. And seeing the intransigence of the Belters and Murtry. And I'm really putting it all on him because we don't get the perspective really of any of the other characters. Because anytime we hear their point of view it's them quoting Murtry so he's really the only one who has a say in what's going on and they can't see beyond the nose on their face yes I understand the Belter's position after what happened on Ganymede and needing a new home and this being their only chance to have one I completely get that and empathize with that, and they were there first, and so they're claiming rights to it because no one has the authority to grant control over a planet that has no controlling government over it. I, I get their point of view. Now, he has a Mercury, and his people have a charter. Now, he specifically goes against their charter in that his job is to make peace and to investigate and see if the planets are indeed habitable or not. And again, if Holden hadn't been there and they hadn't had him to show them a way to cure the blindness, the answer would have been no. But that's, again, not the point. The point is that they couldn't let go of their own their old hatreds, even as the world is literally falling apart around them from the digger machine that could have destroyed everything to the earthquake, shockwave, and tsunami that could have killed them all through the blindness that would have eradicated all of them if Holden hadn't, one, held them together through that long enough for them to figure out that the anti-cancer drugs that he's on are what was keeping him from going blind as well. And if it wasn't for him clearing out the slugs... But they couldn't see that they were mutually in danger, and that the only way to get through that was together. And even by the end, they didn't understand that. They didn't see that. They couldn't see that, because they were so mired in the sins of the past. And they're not sins of the distant past, and I understand how the wounds are fresh. But this is how everything falls apart. This is how things keep from being put back together, is that nagging holding on to the past. And you see it with everything going on in the belt, and the terrorist attack that gets launched at the very end of the season, where it really looks like they're planning an extinction-level event on Earth, at one belter faction, and... Uh, but it was wonderful to see portrayed the problem of holding on and not listening, not even trying to have peace. And for that, I, I love the season. There's a lot to talk about that happened this season that I'm not going to be able to get to today. So if you want me to talk about more... Ask me some specific questions. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. I would love to hear from you. Keep it short. Keep it clean so I can use it on the show. Or you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. I am ce Dorset on both. And I would love to hear from you. You can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. And there are probably some things that I will do episodes on that I haven't got to talk about yet. But I, I would love to know what you specifically would like me to talk about. Because so much happened this season that could get an episode all to itself. So, it's a brilliant show. It's a brilliant show. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It, if you have a dollar, you can pass my way. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both the listener support and to my Patreon. Your support really does help make everything that I do possible, and thank you so much to everyone who already does that. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly alright. But if you know somebody that you think would either like this show or like any of the other work that I do, please share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. I am continuing my work on the world building as well as the novella for the new space opera that will be coming out in the future, and I'm doing my edits for the epic fantasy series, and I will get that out as soon as I can. Anywho, until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.